Hey, grab a seat, and as you do, grab a Bible. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 1. If you need a Bible under a seat close by, you'll find one. You'll find the book of First Thessalonians towards almost all the way to the back of that Bible there. But grab that and get there with us this morning as we continue walking through our study through this book here. But uh, as you turn there, um, there's kind of an interesting phenomenon in the, in the world we live in today. A uh, 15-year-old with a guitar and a, a really remarkable singing voice grabs that guitar, sits down in a living room, uh, props their phone, their cell phone up on a coffee table in front of them, hits record, sits down, begins playing that guitar and begins singing the uh, cover of a popular song of the day and gets done, uh, uh, hits stop on the phone and um, listens back to it and thinks, wow, that's, that's not bad. It's not bad. It's, it's good enough where I'm, I'm going to throw it up on this uh, little-known site called YouTube. Ever heard of that one? Yeah, throw it up on YouTube and go, let's see, maybe, maybe 100 people watch this. And, and the next morning, they get up, and they look, and like 25,000 people have seen this thing, like 24 hours. And uh, they keep watching, and a couple days later, it's like at 100,000 views. Uh, a week later, this thing's been seen by like 250,000 people. Uh, this 15-year-old with a, a, a gift to sing and a guitar sitting in their living room, their phone propped up on a coffee table in front of them, and a couple weeks in, like 500,000 people around the world have watched this video of, the, of this, this kid singing. Uh, this is this is uh, this is a phenomenon we have in our day to day. It's it's uh, it's when you see a picture or a video or a song that just spreads across the internet like wildfire. We say that picture or video or song has gone what? It's gone viral. And it, it, it's really interesting when you study this. There's a book called Contagious. It's, uh, it's about how ideas spread. And there's a chapter in this book that gets at this idea of um, this phenomenon called going viral. And they say what separates a video or a picture or a song uh, that goes viral from one that doesn't is there's some triggers in it is what it calls uh, there's some triggers that when we see that, we take it. And we, when we see someone we know, we go, you got you to gotta listen to this. You got to watch this. You got to see this picture. All of us have been a part of something going viral because there's, we've been triggered to share it with someone else. Now, I'm not here today to explain to you how things go viral on the internet. I'm here to you to, today to teach the Bible. But there's something we need to understand as we pick up our study in 1 Thessalonians, and it's this. The, the faith of this small group of Jesus followers in this major, 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 major city called Thessalonica, their faith has gone viral in a world way before the term going viral ever existed. In fact, look at your Bible, verse 8 here. 1 Thessalonians 1.8 says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth, not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth where? Everywhere. Your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. What do you mean, Paul? You need not say anything. Go to verse 9. For they themselves, who's they? Everywhere we go. They themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you. Paul's like, when I go to these cities, 
I'm not going saying, hey, you gotta hear, you gotta hear what's going on in Thessalonica. I come into these cities and the people in these cities are like, we're hearing what God's doing in Thessalonica. Like, you gotta tell us more. The faith of these folks has gone viral in a world way before going viral ever existed. And as Paul begins this letter, what we studied last week, just the first five verses, is Paul's overwhelming thankfulness. He's just like, I'm so thankful for you. I am so thankful for you. Why? Because we see the marks of authentic, genuine faith pouring out of your lives. And then right on the heels of that, in the next five verses we're studying today, finishing out chapter one, he's going to go, and that faith has gone viral. Verse eight tells us, started in Macedonia. They're started in Thessalonica, spread out to Macedonia and Achaia. Those are the regions. Thessalonica is in the region of Macedonia. Achaia is the next region over. And then it says it's gone everywhere. And the coolest thing about this for us is in these five verses we're going to study today. Paul actually lays out three, three, three traits, three reasons why the faith of these Thessalonians has gone viral. And I don't know about you, but when I read about a group of Jesus followers who, who were able to have a, a, an impact, like picture, picture like if they were the drop in a bucket of water, the ripple effect out from their drop. I don't know about you, but when I read about a group of Jesus followers who are able to have an impact that spreads beyond where their feet are planted on soil, I want that kind of faith. I want that. Like there's so much of this when I studied this week that I'm like, I don't have that, but I want that. Lord, what were you doing in their hearts that that people all over the world were hearing about their faith and they weren't talking about the Thessalonians. They were talking about Jesus at work in the Thessalonians. Lord, give us that. I want that. I want to trade in this whole lukewarm walk. Like I need Jesus to just save me, but I'll do that like when I'm on my death. I want the lukewarm thing gone. I want the mundane routine of religiosity to check the box and I feel better. I went to church and check the box. I read my Bible. I don't want that. Lord, give me a virally contagious faith. Y'all are getting some extra passion in this service because guess what? Last service, I just blew it. The worst sermon I've preached in a long time. So guess what? We're making it right here today, right? We're getting after it. We need one to go on the internet. But I mean it. I want a virally contagious faith. One that when people look at our lives, they're not even talking about us. They're just like, there is something fundamentally different at work in the heart of that person. And the Thessalonians are onto something here that we need to be onto as well. And so we're going to jump in here. Let me pray. And then let's let God's word speak to our hearts today. Father, your word is so powerful that even when we blow it, it's still going out and accomplishing that which it sets forth to accomplish. It doesn't return void. Father, we're going to look at five verses from your word. This is your word. 
And Lord, these are five verses that, Lord, I believe every heart in here needs today. But Lord, I know each heart needs them in, in a unique way. And only your spirit can, can, can apply these words, your word, to individual hearts in the way they need it applied. Lord, Father, you have to do this work. You have to do this work, Lord. I'm begging you to come and do this work right now. Lord, we don't want to live the 70, 80, 90 years we get here, maybe, with a mundane walk. With, some, with, 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 a, with a walk with you that when actually the unbelieving world, they see it and they go, I want no part of that. Lord, would you give us a virally contagious walk with you today? Your spirit, like a fire alive inside of us. Lord, the character of who you are resonating out from our life. Father, would you come teach us from your word what that looks like? And I ask these things now in your name. Amen. Pick it up with me at verse two here. He says, for we give thanks to God always for all of you. Am I on? Constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Now, here's where we're picking it up today. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. He says, you, you know what our lives look like. When we came to the city and we brought this message of the gospel, you, you know how we lived among you. For you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. Verse 6, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. Now look at what he says here. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Now we read that and we're not, it's not too remarkable on the surface. We go, okay, you receive the word, much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. What in the world is that getting at? Here's what that's getting at. Uh, Paul shows up in the city, Thessalonica. And we talked about it last week when we unpacked kind of the context of how this letter was written. But he shows up into a city that's a major player of its day. Uh, Port city, harbor city, 100,000 people, capital of the region of Macedonia. Um, it, right, find, it finds itself right on this main east-west highway called the Ignatian Way. This is a center of trade. Work got done here. But it wasn't only a center of trade. Um, ideas spread here. Religious thought happened here. And this city was dominated from a religious context standpoint. This city was dominated um, by the Greek pantheon. Uh, they worshipped Zeus. They worshipped Aphrodite. They worshipped Euthenia. They worshipped all of these Greek gods here. And then one day, Paul and a couple of his buddies roll in and they say, Hey, turn from your idols. There's one true God. He is over all, he is in all, he created the universe, and then guess what? He sent his son, and his son died for you. And he's the only savior that's out there. Turn from your sin and embrace Jesus Christ. Run from the idols. And this small group of people in the city of Thessalonica 
The gospel came in power. They get saved. And they begin to follow Jesus. Now, highlight what I just said. A small group of Jesus followers in the city. For many, the moment they begin to follow Jesus, family instantly disowns them. Those that were their closest friends begin the, begin the barrage of, of insults in their way. How stupid are you? How foolish of you to turn your back on what you've believed your entire life to serve this, this Jesus. The physical beatings began. This is going to be too graphic for some, but imagine you've, your family has turned to follow Christ and you're watching your wife or your daughter drug through the streets because of her new faith. Imagine that. This is what the Thessalonians were dealing with. And Paul, when he gets here to verse 6, he's, he, he goes, you received the word in much affliction. You paid a heavy, heavy price. And then it's like, not only did they receive it, not only they're like, I'm willing to do this because it's for Jesus. I'm, I'm willing to suck it up and I'm willing to do this. Look, look at how he finishes that verse. With the what? With the joy of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. I've decided to follow Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing ridicule, insult, persecution, and I'm doing it all with joy. Do you want to know what a trait of a viral faith looks like? Here it is. My walk with the Lord will have a viral impact when I'm suffering with my joy intact. There's something that happens when Jesus' followers suffer differently from the rest of the world. There's something that happens that when, when, the, when, the, when the house of life just starts crumbling all around us and, and, and a Jesus follower's feet stand firmly planted on the foundation of who he is with, the, with through, through blear, through, um, um, I don't even know the word I'm trying to say right now, through blurry tear-stained eyes and through a pain-soaked heart, their eyes are fixed on Jesus and they're like, listen, if everything else falls away, I have him, I'm good. If, if this person fails me, I have Jesus, I'm good. If, if this dream I've had for my life gets crushed, I have Jesus, I'm good. There's something that happens where the faith of a Jesus follower goes viral when we suffer with our joy intact. Now, I want, I want to be really clear on something. What, what in the world does it look like? Because it's really easy. We all know this. It's really, really easy for a pastor to stand up on pre suffer with joy. Suffer with joy, folks. Let's go to Applebee's after, you know, like it's super easy. We all agree with that? It's super easy to sit here in the church house in nice, neat rows and say, suffer with joy. It's really, really hard when you're in the eye of the storm of life. What, what does it look like 
to suffer with joy. I think in order to understand what it looks like to suffer with joy, let's understand what it doesn't look like. So here's three things suffering with joy doesn't mean. Suffering with joy doesn't mean this, I like it. Okay, we, let's just be honest. We don't like to suffer. We're not, as Jesus followers, we know um, um, if they hated our, the Lord we follow, they're going to hate us at times. We know persecution is coming, but it, we don't have to lie to each other and say, like, I, I love it. I'm a glutton for suffering. That's not what it means to suffer with joy. Number two, it doesn't mean this, no tears. We don't have to tough guy our way through it. We don't have to tough girl our way through it. That's even a phrase. Yeah, it's okay. Suffering hurts and tears come. Suffering with joy doesn't mean no tears. And, and that kind of flows into this third one. Suffering with joy doesn't mean pretending like everything's okay. Christians, we are really, really bad at this. Because we, we, we study things like this and we hear rejoice always. Rejoice always. And so what, we, what our tendency is, is how we interpret that when, when life, frankly, it just stinks. We come into a setting like this. We come into church on Sunday morning, and we put the plastic smile on our face. Y'all have done it, right? We've all done it. After first service this morning, there was some plastic smile going on here, okay? We've all done it. But suffering with joy doesn't mean, like, everything is not okay all the time. Can I get an amen to that? Everything is not okay all the time. Suffering with joy doesn't mean pretending like everything's just okay. What in the world does it mean? Suffering with joy is something that we can't even produce in ourselves. Go back, go back to the verse here, because if we miss this last part, we've missed it. And you became, verse 6, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of who? With the joy of the Holy Spirit. Think about this. The Spirit of God has to produce the joy that lasts in our heart regardless of how the circumstances change. We can't be joyful in suffering. The Spirit of God must be our joy on our behalf. He has to do it. The fruit of the Spirit is love is what? It's joy. And so something radical happens. This is why when we suffer with our joy intact, where the impact our faith is able to have is exponentially, it resounds out of us. Why? Because when we suffer with our joy intact, everyone watching knows that ain't them. Because I've been through what they've been through, and there's no way you can maintain your joy through that. That ain't them. Like, I've never been through that, but I know what they're going through. That's either fake, but it ain't fake. There's something real. There's something at the root. There's something at the heart. I have to know more about how that person is maintaining their joy in the midst of what they're going through right there. And the only thing we can point to is the spirit of our living God in us, maintaining that joy in the midst of what it is. Hear this now. You, some of you ain't going to like what I'm about to say, okay? Has that ever stopped me before? Some of you in 
flat out days of suffering right now. You don't have to like it, and there will be tears, and you don't have to pretend like everything's okay. But in the midst of your suffering, when the Spirit of God shows himself, when the Spirit of God resonates from your life, understand something. Your days of suffering may be the greatest days of impact God has given you to, to point other people to the Lord. <laughs> I, I know. Can I get a different one? I know, I know. But our days of suffering may be the greatest days of impact we have to point people to Jesus. Spirit of God, produce that joy in us. There's joy in the midst of the Thessalonians. In the midst of all they're going through, their joy is intact because the Spirit of God is producing that. A faith goes viral when that's the case. Keep going, though. This isn't the only reason their faith has gone viral for their joy in the midst of suffering. Verse 7, well, middle of 6. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you. And here's another one here. Get this here. And how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. My walk with the Lord will have a viral impact when, yes, I'm suffering with my joy intact, but also this, when I'm turning from the idols of the day. Think of the kind of viral impact this has. Uh, we, we, we read about a city like Thessalonica and we go, yeah, I, that totally makes sense. Zeus was one of their gods. Uh, Zeus was the king of the gods. Zeus, Zeus was the epitome of power in his day. Uh, they worshipped a goddess, Aphrodite. Aphrodite was, she was the god of love and the god of beauty and, and the god of pleasure. They worshipped a, god, a goddess, Euthenia. She was, she was the goddess of prosperity. And we're like, we read, a, we read verse 9 and we go, I understand what it looks like for the Thessalonian believers to turn from idols to serve the one true God because they walked around with idols all around them. We don't live in a culture like that. I don't, I don't walk around with idols all around me. Right? We do. We might not have whittled them in the back room of our house, but we certainly whittled them in our hearts. When uh, these Thessalonian Christians turned from worship of Zeus, turned from the worship of the epitome of the God of power of its day, we get that what that looks like, um, but understand something. In our culture, there's a God, a lowercase g, God called power. And many of us are seeking to bow our hearts to that lowercase g, God, all the time. 
If I can only get to, if I can only keep climbing the ladder and more success equals more and more people under me in the corner office and, and building an empire for myself, that our culture bows to this lowercase g God of power all the time. There was a goddess in the city of Aphrodite, goddess of beauty and of pleasure. Not much has to be said of how much our culture bows to this small g God called pleasure. There's a goddess named Euthenia, the goddess of prosperity. Do I have to say anything to how we've all felt the pull of bowing to the God that is prosperity? More fulfillment equals more money in the wallet equals the bigger house equals the... We've all felt the pull to bow to that God. That's why Jesus said, you can't serve God in money. It's impossible. He understood that one of the gods that would pull at our hearts is this thing called prosperity. Now get this. Our faith goes viral when you have an entire culture walking in this direction, bowing their hearts before idols and lowercase g gods, and these Jesus followers go, I'm not bowing there anymore. In fact, destroy that idol. Punt it out the back door. It's gone. I'm walking this way. I'm bowing my heart to the one true God. That, that's a recipe for viral faith because the culture looks at that and goes, what, in the, what is up with these people? Don't they want to be prosperous? They need to worship Euthenia. Don't they want to be prosperous? They need to bow at the God of prosperity. No, we don't. We want to store up king. We want to store up treasure forever. We want to bow to that kind of God. Don't they understand that it's all about power? It's all about getting people under you. But don't they understand? They need to bow at that little, that little lowercase g God of power. No, we don't. We have an all-powerful God. He's accomplished all of our work on our behalf. We don't need to hunger and thirst for power. The Spirit of God is the power inside of us. Don't they want to bow to that God of pleasure? Don't they know what they're missing? Don't they know how fun this is? Yeah, we've... We've tasted it, and it was fun for a time. And then it led to absolute misery, and since then I've turned and I've bowed to the one true God, and he gives me an everlasting pleasure that comes when I live to please him. Our God is better, folks, and we all know that because we've all been there at the temple of the idol in our heart, bowing down on our knees, and we all know where it got us. We all know that it never could deliver what it promised that it would. We, we all know that it left us more thirsty. It left us more hungry. It couldn't quench. It couldn't fill because they're fake gods. And fake gods can't deliver what they promise that they will. But guess what? There is one true God, and he's awesome. And he'll deliver on everything that he says he'll deliver on. And if we will flee from the idols. Listen, Christians, no more deluded down idol worship in our life. Our greatest impact comes when we flee from all of that and we turn our eyes to the one true God and we get on our knees and we worship him forever and our lives are lived in accordance with that. Amen?
We're done with that. And they're like, your faith is going viral. You become an example to all the believers around you because you fled from these idols and you've turned to the one true God. You are setting the example for the world around us. So I know we got to make it personal, right? This whole application part of the sermon, right? Four questions to identify an idol in my heart. What do I complain about most? Uh, Don't ask yourself that. Ask someone who knows you best to to answer that for you. Ask my wife. She came down uh, stairs this week, and I'm like, hey, what do I complain about most? It only took her about two nanoseconds to come up with the reply to that. It was very evident to her what, what complaints come out of my mouth the most. Why is this the case? Here's why. We do what we do, and we say what we say because we want what we want. And when, when we don't get what our heart wants, what do we do? We complain. And so there's something about if there's recurring complaints because I'm not getting what I want over and over again, it's just God's way of putting his gentle finger on our heart to say, you might be putting too much value in that thing right there. In fact, it might be rivaling me for allegiance in your life. What do I complain about most? Second is this, what do I sacrifice for? What am I willing to like sacrifice my time for? What am I willing to sacrifice family time for? What am I willing to sacrifice church time for? What am I willing to sacrifice money for? Is it in the budget? Well, no, it's not in the budget, but if I move this around here and I think we can make it happen, what am I willing to sacrifice in order to get? Third, what, what consumes me with worry? Are you just always worried about money? Are you always how, how are we, another week, how are we going to make it through? Are you just always worried? Are you always, are you always just, you always just anxious? Always kind of looking over your shoulder going, what are these people saying about me? And what, how's this all going to work? What, what just consumes you with worry? Last one. Where's my sanctuary? Here's what this one means. When it's just been a rough week, when it's been a rough day, where do I find myself just gravitating towards to just kind of like, I just want to veg. Where do I find myself building a sanctuary to just escape from life? Is that like time with the Lord or is that just some like private sin thing where you just go to escape the reality of life? Four questions to identify an idol. But our faith goes viral when we turn from these idols and we serve the living God. And so uh, last thing, and then we're going to get into some baptisms here this morning. You all ready for that? My walk with the Lord will have a viral impact when I'm suffering with my joy intact, when I'm turning from the idols of the day, last one, when I'm hope-filled and fixated on Christ's return. Y'all know this? He's coming back. He's coming back. Verse 10. How you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. This is the recurring theme of the book of 1 Thessalonians. Every single chapter, Paul will hit on the return of Christ. Why? Because remember what they're going through. Yeah, Thessalonians, I I know you just witnessed a beating in the church. Um, take heart, he's coming back. 
and he'll make it right. I know you've decided to follow Jesus and he's coming back. The rest of your family won't even talk to you anymore. Uh, Take heart. He's coming back. He'll make it right. Over and over, every chapter, Paul hits on the return of Christ. And the eyes, the eyes of these believers in this city, they are fixated on the clouds. Is today the day? Is he coming back today? When you read the New Testament, you see this over and over again. The New Testament believers are consumed with the day. What's the day? It's the change every area of how we live if we lived with this sort of mentality. I got, I don't know, what's 30? I got 76 more. I got 76. That'd be a long life. I got 46. I'm a preacher, not a mathematician, okay? I got 40, 50 more years here. I got time. No, that's not how they lived. Today could be the day. Church, today could be the day. How would I go home and hug my boys if I believed today could be the day? The power to flee from the temptation of sin if I believe that Jesus could come back right now. The ability to live for the treasures of heaven and flee from all of the treasures of this earth if I actually believe, guess what, one day he's going to come or I'm going to go to him and I can't take all this with me anyway. I'm living for the things that matter to him. Today could be the day it consumed the thoughts of these Christians here, and it must consume our thoughts as well. Not fearful. Full of hope to go, today could be the day I meet my Savior. That leads to a walk with the Lord that can go viral, that can have this contagious impact that will go far beyond wherever our feet are actually touching the soil. But here's the prayer. Church, here's the prayer today. Lord, give me a virally contagious walk with you. Will you pray that prayer this week? I think one of, one of you is going to. Anyone else want to pray that prayer this week? Lord, give me a virally contagious walk with you. That when people see me, they see you. That I become less and you become greater. Lord, I'm done with this lukewarm thing. Lord, I'm, I'm done with this seeing my relationship with you as if, as if it's a series of rules that I need to abide to. I'm done with that. Down with all of that and up with this. Lord, up with joy joy intact when you bring me through seasons of suffering, your spirit on display in my life as I suffer. Lord, Lord, up with me fleeing from these idols, these fake gods. There's an idol bashing going on in our hearts, I hope, here today. No more whittling of the idols in our hearts that we bow our lives down to. There's an idol bashing going on today. And Lord, up with this eyes fixed, hope filled, you're coming back. You're coming back and you're going to make it all right. And I'm going to be yours and you're going to be my God. And we're going to get to walk together unhindered by this whole sin thing. Jesus is coming back one day. And it's what filled these believers with ultimate, ultimate hope. Lord, make our faith go viral. Give us an impact that goes far beyond us.